Well, thank you so much. We want to thank our praise team and thank our trio and thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. If you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, we want to look at chapter 3, and we'll go back and forth to chapter 3, chapter 2, chapter 1, then we'll go over in the... Uh, a little deeper into the New Testament a little later. But this morning I want to continue our series on spiritual war. Satan's attack on mankind. Satan's attack on mankind. Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at verses 1 through 7. Then we'll skip over to verse 15 through 19. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and she ate. She also gave to her husband with her. He ate. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and they made themselves coverings. Look, if you would, to verse 15, chapter 3. God's word says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. He's addressing the serpent. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. You shall, you desi your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And then to Adam, he said, because you have... He did the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. And the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it... You were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence and worship you and how to open your word. Speak to our heart. Help us to understand that your word is the infallible word of God. Help us to understand that it becomes alive to us. It is alive. It's the living word. Speak to our hearts personally 
as a congregation this morning. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say the men. Give me a clear thought. Give me words to use today that I've not even thought about using. Please take control of this service. And at the appropriate place, may people respond to your spirit's leading. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, began, last week we began this series on spiritual war. We talked about spiritual war. God, Satan, and you. And we discovered how God created Satan. Satan was created as a beautiful angel. The highest of all angels had a lot of power, and God put a lot of trust in Satan. Well, Lucifer at that time. And so we learned that this major war broke out in heaven between God and Satan because of Satan's pride. And we learned that God chose not to destroy him, but to rather throw him or to cast him out of heaven down to earth because of his rebellion. Therefore, most scholars believe in theory that in chapter 1, between verse 1 and verse 2, Satan is already on the earth. And in chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 2, through chapter 2, verse 6, you have where God created the heavens and the earth. And you can go back and read chapters 1 and chapter 2. But in chapter 1, verse 2, through chapter 2, verse 6, God created the heavens, the earth, the light, the seas, the land, the plants, the fish, all other kinds of animals. And after each one he created, he said, this is good. This is good. And then he creates man. So if you're taking notes, Roman numeral number one should be the creation of man. Let's look at that just a moment at Genesis 1, verse 27 and 28. Genesis 1, 27 says this, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created he, him, male and female, he created them, Verse 28, God, then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea. Notice the power he's given man and woman. Have power over the have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So after God had created humanity. Man and woman, male and female, he said, this is very good. Humanity was the glory of all of his creation. Their creation was different from that of any other creature that God had created. Man and woman. Now, why was that? Because man and woman received the image of God in them. That means they had the ability to think. They had the ability to reason. They had the ability to love. They had the ability to feel emotions, just as God. They were created in His image. His image was on them. But not only that, they were created in His image, but God is an eternal spirit, and this eternal spirit is what we were given. 
He gave this eternal spirit that he possesses. He gave this eternal spirit to man and woman. So God gave us something. Now listen, he gave us something different from what he gave to the rest of creation. I know you love your dog. I know you love your cats. I know you love your animals. But let me just say this. You have, you have been given something that they haven't. You were created in the image of God. And that you have mind and reason and thought, the ability to love, the ability to have emotions, and you have the Spirit of God in you. Think of that. He gave us part of himself. The Latin word for that is imago dei, the image of God. Now, to be created in the image of God doesn't mean that we look like him. God's spirit, those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But we're created in the image of God, and that means that we've been given a spirit. God is spirit, and God's created us as spiritual beings. Different than anything else he created. We're spiritual beings. That means that we're more than flesh. That means we're more than brain. That means we're more than organs or, or synapse, the things inside of us that have been placed there and are holding us together. We have the ability to think, to love, and to hate. The creation of man. Number one, created, received the image of God, and given an eternal spirit. Number two, Satan's attack on mankind. Now, the question is, naturally, why did Satan attack mankind? Well, when, when God cast Satan out of heaven to earth, the earth suddenly became heaven, uh, Satan's domain. He's in heaven, then he finds himself on earth before it had form. I mean, he's on earth. He cast him out of heaven down to earth. Now, God created man, Genesis 1, 27 and 28, and he appointed man to rule the earth in Satan's place. Now, it was very clear how much authority was given to man. We saw that in, in chapter 1, verse 28. I mean, he says, he blessed them, be fruitful, multiply. And then he said, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish, the sea, the birds, the air, over every living creature, every living thing that moves on the earth. See the power that man had, had been given by God? And so he gave man the responsibility, the power to tame and to take charge of the earth. And if man would only trust God, if he had only... if well, if man would, have, would trust God, obey God, then God would help man make the earth a paradise garden forever and forever and forever. That's where we were. The point is, God was given to man 
He was giving to man the kingdom that Satan was claiming for himself. Now imagine how Adam and Eve felt just by knowing, hey, they're in charge of the entire world. They have power over the entire earth. Imagine how they must have felt. But at the same time, imagine how Satan felt. Frustrated, perhaps? Sure. I mean, infuriated? Sure. Satan infuriated because he knew that they were in charge of what he thought he owned. Therefore, Satan, in an attempt to get back at God, chose to attack the human race, which was God's what? Most choice possession. Why did he attack? Well, he attacked to get back at God. Why did he attack mankind? To get back at God. How did he attack God? By attacking mankind, his most prized possession. Did you know Satan hates God and he'll do anything, he'll use anybody to get to God. But not only that, Satan hates you as a believer. And he hates me as a believer. And he'll do anything and he'll use anybody to get to me and to get to you. You better believe that. We're important to God. We're made by God, which means we're made by the best. Jesus died for us which means that we're precious in His sight. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's hop over there just a minute. It should be on the screen if I gave it to sound booth. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to what, listen how important you are to God. And you He made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. You were dead in your sin I was too in which you once walked according to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the air the spirit now works in son of disobedience you were just being governed and I was being governed and led by Satan verse 3 among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were nature children of wrath just like the others but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand if we should walk in them. We're precious to him. Romans 2, 1 through 10. But not only that, we have the Holy Spirit that lives within us. We have unlimited potential because of that. And so Satan attacked, it, attacked the choice creation of God. Now when God created Adam and Eve, he gave them a command 
that was designed to test their willingness to obey him. Genesis chapter 2, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you shall eat of it, you shall surely die. So God gave them the most powerful freedom of all, and it's called self-will. That's your freedom. That's my freedom. We have a self-will to obey God or to disobey God. And he gave that to Adam and Eve, and he gives that to every person born today. That self-will, the ability to choose to obey or disobey God. A choice between God's will or a choice between your will. Your will. He gave that to Adam and Eve. They could choose to serve God or they could choose to serve themselves. And it's interesting to know that Satan seemed to understand this free choice that God was given to mankind. And so he understood the time was just right to attack and to destroy mankind. And if he could convince them to disobey God, he could just step in, remake the world, change the world into the, his own little dark, evil kingdom. That's what he wanted to do. So Satan chose to use lies and deception to tempt man to rebel against God. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 is listed there. I won't read it. But I want you to remember this. Jot this down in your mind, on the side of your Bible, somewhere where you can remember it. Anytime you're tempted to sin, Satan always highlights the thrill and he downplays the tragedy and the consequences. Every time he tempts you to sin, listen to me, youth and children and adults. Every time he tempts us to sin, he will, he will highlight all the thrill, but then he'll downplay all the tragedy and all the, all the consequences that have come from it. Now, most people, they kind of imagine Satan as this... Uh, Fight this really frightening, evil-looking creature. But remember, he was a beautiful, appealing, and persuasive angel that God had created. So Satan began to deceive the woman. Now, Satan is a master deceiver. So what's deception? What's the definition of deception? Let me give you one. Deception is to know the truth, but choose to tell people otherwise deception is to know the truth but to tell people he knew what God told them he knew the truth about the whole situation but he deceived them he chose to tell them something other than the truth so deception is to know the truth but choose to tell people otherwise and listen if you don't know the truth and you tell someone something well that's if you if you know the truth and you tell someone something that's untrue, you're just simply wrong. But if you know the truth and you choose to tell the people otherwise, then you've deceived people. But, but speaking 
An untruth makes you a deceiver. And uh, his biggest lie is found in chapter 3, verse 5. Look at that. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and here's a lie. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Therefore, she would not need God anymore. She could be her own God, do what she wanted to do, free to experience all the pleasures of sin. She would be her own God. That's appealing to everyone, to be my own God, to be my own Lord, to be my own boss. That's why one cult is very appealing to people today because uh, you'll become more like God. You'll be a little God, really. However, she discovered real quick that sin enslaves you and sin brings about consequences. She discovered that. So when man rebelled against God... He had to pay a big price. So you have the creation of man, created in the image of God, given an eternal spirit, attacked by Satan. Why? Infuriated, knowing that mankind was in charge of what he thought belonged to him. Wanted to get back at God, attacking God's most prized possession. Attacked man by deceiving man with lies. He knew the truth, but he told something different. He lied. And Satan will lie to you just like he lied to Adam and Eve. Now, this is not going to hurt me. This is not going to hurt nobody but myself. This is not going to hurt anyone. I'm my own boss. I can do what I want. It's nobody's business, really. I know one person who thinks everything you do is his business. Then you have the consequence of rebelling. And I'll close with this. What's the consequence? Found in chapter 3, verse 16 through 19. The Lord God commanded the man of... Let me see, chapter 3, I was in chapter 2. Chapter 3, verse 16. To the woman he said, I'll greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. Ladies, this is, this is the penalty. This is for what sin brought. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. He shall rule over you. Verse 17, men, he said to Adam, because you've heeded the voice of your wife, you've eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake and toil. You shall eat it all the days of your life. Uh, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth to you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. Now listen to that, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. And so he, consequences. To, to man, to woman, but to Satan. Satan pays a terrible price for rebelling against God. You know, Satan, no doubt, he felt real proud of himself that he defeated God in this battle for, for, for man and woman. But God can't be defeated. He thought he defeated God, but God can't be defeated. So God makes known to Satan that he's going to be defeated once and for all. That there would come one day, born of a woman, Jesus Christ, who would totally defeat him once and for all. Look at chapter 3, verse 15. We're about finished. 
He says, I will put, notice what he says. This is talking to the serpent now. I will put enmity. That word enmity means dread. I will put dread between you and the woman. Now, don't, don't, think, of a, don't think of a snake. Think of a Satan. That's what he's putting. That's what he's going to put enmity between. He's telling the serpent, which is inhabited by Satan. I'm going to put enmity or dread between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. So he makes known to Satan that he's going to be defeated once and for all. And this one would come, born of a woman, Jesus Christ, who would totally defeat him. He tells Satan that. Now, I want you to notice, he says, you shall strike his heel. Now, we know that Christ was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Isaiah 53, verse 5. Yet, because of his resurrection, he was wounded, but he was not defeated. He returned alive as a victorious king. His heel was wounded. But he wasn't defeated. He was even killed, but he wasn't defeated. He was buried, but he came back to life on the third day. God says, you will, you will, you will strike his heel, but then he says that he will crush, Jesus Christ, will crush your head. Now, Satan understood that the death of Jesus and his resurrection meant ultimately victory. I want you to listen to Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. Listen to what he says. The devil who deceived them was cast into a lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are. And they will be tormented day and night forever. They will be. The devil, the false prophets, the beast, they will be tormented forever. You see, Satan is not in hell waiting for somebody to get there. Satan doesn't rule hell. The devil is God's devil, and hell is God's hell. Don't belong to the devil. It was created for the devil. The Bible says that hell was created for the devil and all of his followers, his angels. And the devil knows that there's been a prophecy made in Genesis chapter 3 that one day his whole existence, uh, you might say his existence, will come to an end. Satan suffered the consequence of sin. The human race pays a terrible price for the rebellion against God. Adam and Eve learned that they were terrible consequences for, for rebelling against God. The woman, we Saw that in verse 16. The man in verse 17 and 19. Then God said in verse 19. 
Look what he said in chapter 3, verse 19. He said, In the sweat of your brow you shall eat bread return, until you return to the ground. That's what I want to point out. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and dust you shall return. Isn't that some kind of turnaround for mankind? From paradise to death. It's where you were, and that's where you're going. So due to mankind's rebellion, they became the first human casualties of this great spiritual war that continues today. So here's the conclusion. The consequence of Adam and Eve's sins are felt by every person born today. We're born as slaves to sin and to Satan's lies. We've tried to be our own gods, and we failed. And the Apostle Paul said it best this way, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 6.23 Now I want you to go back with me just for a moment and and, and think of Adam and Eve and the serpent standing with God. God was handing down the sentences. And he added something unexpectedly to Satan's penalty. Chapter 3, verse 15. He said, And I will put enmity, dread, between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. The promise, God promises this enmity, this dread between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. You see anything unusual about that? The seed of the serpent, think about it, and the seed of the woman. I wasn't that good in biology. Um, I did all right in high school, but I failed it in college. I took it again and made an A. That, that makes you feel better about me. Made Miss Jolly feel better about me. The seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And in biology, we learned and we were told that women did not have the seed. That's man's provision. The woman carries the egg. This is really important. This is a prophecy right at the beginning of creation. The point is our hope will not come from the seed of man. Something unique has to happen to fulfill that promise. When has a woman ever been given a seed apart from man? Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14 is a prophecy. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And years and years and hundreds of years after this prophecy, this young married woman found out that she was pregnant. Her fiancé, Joseph, he decided to break the engagement. After all, 
you know, even 2,000 years ago, Joseph knew there was only one way that a lady could be pregnant. And so I'm going to call the engagement off. But before he had a chance, Matthew 1 verse 20 says, But while he, Joseph, thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, your, take you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> My goodness. God's plan from the beginning was to send His Son Jesus to die for our sins. Now why was that? So the separation caused by our rebellion could be bridged by His work on the cross. And so you have the creation of man. Man and woman received the image of God. Man was given the eternal spirit. Satan attacked on mankind. Why did he attack? Man, he was frustrated, infuriated, and thought he would just attack God's prized possession. How did he attack? He attacked by attacking God's prized possession, but he attacked man by deceiving man, lying to man. And then you have the consequence for Satan. Revelation 20, verse 10. And then you have the consequence for the human race. There's always consequence to sin. Listen, make a note. You'll never beat sin. There's always a consequence to sin. And then fourth, if you're taking notes, it's not on there. Just add it. There's a promised Savior. Amen? Wow. And Satan knows his demise. But he's not going to give up till he can take as many to hell with him as he can take with him. Don't think for a moment that hell belongs to Satan. He's going to be in it. He's not walking around waiting for people to get there. He's roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. He and his followers, minions. Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence and to open your word. My goodness, and study about this spiritual war and how Satan was cast out of heaven. And Lord, how you created a a beautiful place, the Garden of Eden, and put man in charge of it, but yet Satan was so frustrated, so furated that he attacked your prized creation trying to get back at you. And he's still attacking us today, Lord, trying to get back to you because he knows how much you love us, love everyone. Father, thank you for giving us an opportunity, prophesying years ago, thousands of years ago, that one day Jesus Christ would be born, not by the seed of man, no sin whatsoever passed on in his life, but he was born, conceived by Mary, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She conceived and she bore the sinless Son of God, 
Lord, to die on the cross for our sins. Offered a complete sacrifice, perfect sacrifice without spot or blemish on our behalf. We had no righteousness, still don't have righteousness. And the only righteousness we can ever have is what you give to us at salvation. Impute to us. Thank you for what you're going to do today for those that will open their hearts and lives to you. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.